irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. I would love to connect with you as my listener. Please reach out to me. The best way is through my website. I have recently had it modified. So if you go to nolatherapy.com, N-O-L-A therapy, it is the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles therapy.com. There is a link to my LA talk radio show page where you can look at all of the archived episodes. You can jump on to iTunes and Google play, subscribe and rate my show. I'd love to know what you're thinking about it. And I need your email. Please go to NOLA therapy and click the link that takes you to a page where you can send me your email. I am releasing a book in 2019 titled the Chiron effect healing core wounds through empathy and self-forgiveness. And I want to be able to let you know when it goes on sale. And there's a bit of information about the book. I am writing to teach people some self-healing techniques so that you don't need to rely as much upon practitioners. You can develop those skills within yourself. That's all on nolatherapy.com. And if you want a free audiobook, Audible will give you one as my sponsor. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy and check out their offering. And as always, I would love for you to support my work through the crowdfunding campaign I have through Patreon. And that website is patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash all things therapy. There's a lot of amazing authors and podcasters that you can musicians artists there's so many others besides me that are doing things and we just really want your support to keep doing what we love so speaking of someone who does what they're what they love my guest today is very inspirational both personally and professionally in moments we're going to be with beth fortman brand i'm going to give you her website so if you're there and want to pull them up while we're speaking together, one of them is askbethanything.com. The second website she has is powerofloveproductions.com. And then a way that she gives back to the community is through online sales that benefit charities that help children. So that third website is blessourchildren.org. So Beth Fortman Brand is a spiritual life coach. She's a transformational, intuitive facilitator, and she has worked with individuals and corporations, teaching them how to build and maintain healthy relationships from a heart-centered place. She has been a who's who of top female executives, and as I mentioned, CEO of Bless Our Children, her organization to fund children's charities through online sales and donations, and she is the executive producer 
of Power of Love Promotions. It's a really cool series of online videos that teaches methods, a method she has developed that we're going to talk about to deactivate our stress reactions and, and respond instead of react. And she goes through several different scenarios. They're short, like minute and a half video clips that are helpful. Today, we're also going to talk about two of her books. One is called The Power of Love, Living from Our Hearts. And the second book is called Navigating the Storm, which she co-authored with a couple of other colleagues. So I, with that, welcome Beth. Hello, hello. Great how, to be here. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Me too. I'm so happy you could be my guest. And I'm, I'm grateful to Candy Claire Hoff and Peter Hoff for introducing us. And a shout out to both of you. <laughs> Lots of love. Lots of love. So, Beth, where do you want to start us today? How, where, when did you begin your journey of self-discovery and how do you want to kick things off? Um, I can start with um, how it all started. And, um, in 1979, when I was 19 years old, I went to this workshop called EST. Um, it's, it was a very intensive 60-hour workshop. And at the end of that workshop, um, they taught you that your mind was just a machine. So it kind of blew your mind. And from that, I continued to take workshops and seminars and communication workshops and um, and then I was dealing with a weight issue, and it continued to um, become an issue. And I went into OA and took Divinely Slim workshops in the in the 70s and in the 80s, and really tried to find a way to my issue was around my weight and um, trying to figure out how to get you know navigate that and find the best and healthiest way to um, take care of my health. So I know from learning a bit about you and your story that you were at one time at that time that you're referencing 428 pounds and that you were struggling with how to lose weight. And, and you met, I think it was a Dr. Chuck that, and you started to do some personal work in speaking to your body in loving ways. Can you talk to our listeners about, about that? particular process, those listeners that, I mean, lots of us have had weight issues and, and how you helped yourself. Well, first of all, um, becoming morbidly obese was actually a choice. It was a conscious choice, not an unconscious choice. Okay. I was working as a financial planner and going into people's homes and I experienced um, inappropriate behavior from a husband um, during an appointment and my boss was with me and she told me later that the reason why was because my personality. That's why. So I didn't know how to change my personality of being kind and friendly. And so I went home and told my husband at the time that I needed to gain a lot of weight because that was the only way I was going to be able to go into people's homes and feel comfortable and not have men coming on to me. And um, we were so codependent. He said, okay, well, you're not going to get fat without me. We'll just eat together. <laughs> Okay. And I proceeded to gain 200 pounds. Did that keep the unwanted attention away? No. I didn't think it so. Just, it just attracted chubby chasers. And then um, for me, it was about boundaries that I had to learn. And it also made me very sick. I started to um, have sleep apnea. And I would fall asleep driving on the freeway and wake up and had to hire somebody to drive me to my appointment. So it wasn't working for me. It just... I thought it would make me feel more grounded and not so hyper, and it just made me feel lethargic and uncomfortable. So 
So I needed to come up with another plan. <laughs> well, I really like where you talk in your work about these two questions that you call the two-time rule. And for our listeners, it's this method and it's interesting, Beth, when I was reading this in, in your work, I thought about like when I walk into the gym, I used to have a routine and make my body do whatever I had determined the body was going to do today. And I, I developed some really severe IT band injuries and cortisone shots I needed and and all kinds of acupuncture. And, and I realized I wasn't listening to my body. And you talk about asking your body, what do I what do I want? Like your brain, what do I want? And then you ask your body, what do we want? And I really like that process of asking your body, what do we want? Can you talk some more about that? Because I think it's really helpful. Yes. Um, what I learned was that um, our immediate response is really just about what our taste buds want and what our past experiences are from those experiences of what we taste. And everything was being, all my decisions were being made from my head up and totally neglecting my body. And even I was, even though I might be, uh, be able to lose weight, it would all come right back because my decisions were being made from my head. And so um, when I started asking a second time, it allowed for a more expansive answer, like, well, maybe we should eat, we, we might want to eat this. We might want to eat this instead because that's just going to, it's going to be taste great, but you're going to feel yeah, 20 minutes after that, you're going to feel bad for 24 hours. And so it started with just me removing foods that weren't loving, mm. like extremely spicy, greasy foods, because those didn't feel loving to my body. Even though my, my tongue loved them, my body didn't. Okay, <laughs> and I love so I that. just started eliminating that. I love that it, about foods being loving versus not. It's a whole different conceptualization of eating. Yeah, and it gets I and it's challenging because our whole country, our planet is all about dieting to lose weight. So I'm there is times that I will even have have those moments where I'll say, "Should I be on a diet right now?" And it's like, "No, you're about being healthy." So those those voices pop in, especially when I when my friends go on diets, and and so I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then I realize that we're all on diet. Whatever we're eating is a diet. You know, it's, it's our diet, whether it's a healthy diet or a non-healthy diet. So I had to learn to, that word, to take that word and take the power back from it being a negative thing because it's just describing what we're eating. I like that. I like that. And, and I use a similar technique as far as when I do wake up and ask my body, what do you want to do today for exercise? And it might be yoga. It might be kundalini yoga. It might be Bikram yoga. It might be a walk or jog on the beach or weightlifting. And yesterday and today, it was nothing. My body said, we don't want you to do anything today. We want you to just relax. And there was a time in my life I would not have been able to tolerate that. And now I do, and it's made all the difference for me to be injury-free. And um, so I really liked discovering that about your own journey and some of your own work that you were helping people with. Yeah, and it's a process too because... I'm asking what most loving was the beginning of it. And then eventually learning to actually send love to my body was another level of it, of having to learn to speak lovingly to my body. Whenever I would feel pain, you know, instead of getting angry and agitated, I went to a Heller worker once and I said to her, I just wish my body was as happy as my mind and my spirit. And she said to me, you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing three children 
who are really, really happy and the other one's not well. And it just broke my heart to think that I would be talking the way I was talking to my body when it would get in, when it would be in pain because I would never talk to a child that way. Yes. Yes. That, that continued mm-hmm. nurturing and relationship with your inner self, with your inner being, and especially your little yeah, one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, this is reminding me, I think this is a really good segue into your book, The Power of Love, Living from Our Hearts. Because you, through your weight loss and the journey with your relationship to your body, got from the brain into the heart. Can you can you talk to us about what inspired you to write this book, The Power of Love? Sure. Um, in August 1987, I woke from a dream, and I was told in my dream from the spirit world that I would be writing a book called The Power of Love, but that I first was going to have a personal relationship with Jesus, which was challenging for me because I was raised Jewish. And so, um, and then I realized that what the message was, was that to understand Jesus's message of love. So I began studying different philosophies and, and different stories about the message and becoming clearer and clearer about what the message was. And so um, in the book, I'm able to give examples of tools that I used and information that I began to integrate to allow me to release the limiting beliefs that were keeping me stuck in my head, keeping me stuck in fear, allowing my ego to run the show and started putting my um, consciousness and bringing my consciousness down into my heart space and asking what would love do and how can I create a win-win in this situation, especially being in the business world because People in the business world would say to me, how can I ask what would love do? And then I would say to them, well, just ask, how can I create a win-win? Yes, a different framework. Yes, reframing our operating system by choosing to not allow our limited, separate ego self to run the show. Because, you know, we all know that where you come from is what is reflected in your life. Yes, the messages that we receive, the the family of origin that we came from, and then the friends that we choose to surround ourselves with, I think, are based from those early imprints. Exactly, because it's about it's about it's about magnetizing and attracting to us what we believe about ourselves in the world. So, so if we can, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go on. Well, what I was going to say is, so if we are willing to evaluate where we're coming from by looking to see what thoughts we have going on in our head by observing that, by maybe giving it a name so we can see that we're not specifically that part of ourselves, that there's more to us than our mind and our thoughts. That starts to position us in a, in a way that, so that we become the observer and we, instead of reacting from those limited beliefs and that limited place, we start to, respond by like with the two time rule giving ourselves space and time to allow for a greater response as opposed to a limited reaction from our limited scared self yes so developing the ability to for self-reflection is what i hear you exactly talking about exactly and part of that is also becoming understanding our true magnificence by beginning to understand the truth of who we are by looking at the limiting beliefs that we carry and 
and and being able to say, well, that's not really true about how things are. That's not really true about who I am. And being able to become more self-realized as a, that, that we have personal power by the choices of we make and as to what we want to focus on and how long we want to focus on it. Those are, that's a lot of personal power. Yes. So Beth, I'm curious, like I, I'm of the belief system as, as you are, that we're spiritual beings having a human experience here, yet you were in the business world and you, you've worked with many corporate clients to, to help them with these more spiritual based principles to help their work and communications be better. How were you received in those arenas, bringing in spirituality and you talk about universal truths? Like what, can you talk to us about how that all came together and how it was taken? What I ended, what I did when I first wrote my book was I took it into an industry where my husband and I have a company where we worked in um, with the highest wage earners and income earners in our country. And I felt that um, bringing this consciousness to them would make it a better, a bigger impact on our reality because they're, you know, they, they have money and they make, they're influential. So um, it was received well because it was about talking about love, you know, being loving. And it's become even easier because if you notice people are becoming more open to discussing love, you know, over the last 20 years and light and it's not as weird of a thing. But of course I had people saying, love, I mean, this is, this is insurance and this is financial planning. And I, that's whenever I said, well, then create a win-win. How do you create a win-win? Yes. And so, and then our company, we designed our company, our corporate corporation so that we made, we created our value system and a, and a, an environment where our people that worked for us matter and our service matters. And then the profit does matter. But in doing that, we were able to make it through the the recession and our business continues to grow because it's designed to have our employees feel, you know, excited and motivated because of the way they're treated and then they treat our customers differently and then our profits are going down. So it's different than just going after the profit. So it, it is a restructuring of our foundation. You know, it's like I had to look at my limiting beliefs and ask what love would do since everything was being done through fear. Yes, yes. So, um, I, you know, Beth, the weirdest thing just happened. I'll, I'll just share it with you. I've, I haven't had a caller call, and a caller was just calling in, and they hung up because I'm staring at the screen. If a caller comes in, do you do you want us to take a call? I haven't done that before. Sure. Okay, so if sure. a caller, if you call back, I will answer. I just was taken by surprise sitting here staring. Um, okay, great. <laughs> I'm curious to know who it is. So, so this is a whole philosophy then that you and your husband built your company around and that allowed you to work with people and, and corporations that might not, you might not have approached before speaking from a love and heart centered perspective. Yeah, it's a philosophy that I think that many people are incorporating because it's um, it's about being able to um, enjoy what you do, coming from passion instead of work hard, work passionately. It's a philosophy about um, you know not have gossiping in the workplace and not making assumptions and doing your best and and being comfortable with change and and all the things that make it so much easier to navigate all these 
incredibly chaotic, changing times. Yes. So can you talk to us about universal truth that you speak about in this book, The Power of Love? Yes. Um, So the universal truth, the first one we talk about is that to be grateful for all of life and treat it as a precious gift because life, life is a blessing and a gift. And what that is is just about gratitude. It's the key to, your, to shifting your perspective because if you can see things as blessings and acknowledge them and, and understand, it will help to change your perspective and it opens up a, a field of possibilities to allow yourself to receive more blessings. So that truth is, is so important no matter how you're feeling, especially now with the way people are so um, uncomfortable with what's happening in the world. If you could start your day and throughout your day counting your blessings, it will change your physical, mental, and emotional state instantly. Yes. And even as, can I throw something in, Beth? Even as Uh as we start Mm -hmm. our day with a thank you or just an awareness that this is a new day, anything can happen, to then as we experience discomfort, be it in, in politics and with the immigration status of of those children still not reunited with families then i think we can more easily plug into what might we want to do today what we're called exactly. to do what resonates with us to, to exactly do. you'll be inspired as opposed to reacting to the drama yes because when you're in gratitude it allows you and you're in a state of you're not attached to all of that and you can step back it allows you to be inspired yes wonderful okay yes number two God is love, and God created everything and everyone out of love, so every one of us is the love of God. And that is just about the fact that since we, we can use any word, source, creator, source, divinity, all that is, it's just understanding that the energy that, that permeates everything in this reality and all of the universes is an energy of love, How? and that those particles are made of love. So I'm curious... For you, because I imagine in your work you've encountered, as I do, I work with a lot of of individuals that are more secularly based in their philosophies, yes. scholars, researchers, and so we've developed a language together to talk about how they conceptualize things bigger than themselves. Was that a part of what you did as well through your work? Yes, and what's happened since I wrote the first book is there has been an evolution in the um, gram- the words that we've used because in our second in the second book we didn't use the word God anywhere so that it would be easier for people to be able to um, grasp. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So it's, that's just my own evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, keep going with the universal truths that you write about. Okay, so number three is we came here to Earth to learn and grow through our experiences. And so it's a matter of understanding that there's a purpose to the experiences we have. And, the, and, the, um, and whether it's bad or good or right or wrong is where we get in trouble when we start to label it that way. If we understand that the experiences are meant to happen for our growth, and we see what that growth, we ask, what is, the, what is my takeaway? What am I to learn from this? What, you know, why did I draw this experience to myself? That is how we learn and grow. If we look at everything as bad and wrong and we, and we position ourselves as a victim 
of those experiences, we will never grow from them and we will continue to suffer and feel in pain and trapped and stuck and attract the same things over and over. What I, what I hear you saying in that is the importance of our personal, taking some personal responsibility, doing some self-reflecting on how something happened that we think it happened to us, but to consider how this happened through us, through maybe we didn't quite show up for ourselves, to set a boundary, because we might not have had the confidence to say no, and then something happened that we didn't want. So I think it's a it's a different way to view a situation and, and to restore our power and our autonomy that if we don't have a lot of confidence, if it is hard for us to stand up, you know, that we can go and get those skills and learn those skills to set boundaries and show up differently for ourselves. And I know you talk about that too in your work. Yeah, and I always say that things don't happen to me, they happen for me. Mm-hmm. So that I can experience, because having that position, because perspective is everything. And and having that perspective allows me to not feel like I'm being punished um, and that I've done something wrong or that the world is against me. If it's happening for me, then it's like, okay, what what why is this happening for me? What is it that I'm needing to learn to grow from this? I, I see what you're saying. It, it's happening for me. And then what's kind of, as I step back, what insight, what does, I, I get you. Yes. I, I, that resonates with me as well. I have a dear mentor and friend, Catherine Woodward Thomas, who, who speaks a lot about these same topics. And it's really helped me to shift from feeling uh, ugh, like just kind of lifeless and what am I going to do to like, okay, I need to go get some skills. And I hear you saying the same thing in just a different way. Exactly. And I also think that it's important to understand that the reason, um, the way that it's set up on earth for us to experience things is because when we're not in the physical, there is no time. Everything is happening in the now. So um, on earth, it's laid out so we can actually experience the journey from thought to manifestation, as opposed to just thought manifesting, thought manifesting, thought manifesting, thought manifesting. So there's a time lag. It's designed for to give us the ability to journey from consciousness to manifestation, and it's in it's a linear concept. Yes, and I think that the time delay allows us to tweak some things too, um, in that in that space before things happen. And and I'm saying that because yesterday I had created something to send out um, online, and then I realized I didn't remove someone from it that had requested to be removed from this certain list. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was so excited to send it that I sent it without reviewing. And then thank goodness the program had like a delay in it already. So I was able to remove that person. And it just was kind of like a reminder, like, all right, Lisa, like slow down, you know, good things are happening. Just slow down. And so that was kind of a real time moment it shows that you're being it shows that you're being guided also giving you know that you're that that the universe is supporting you yes thank you for that so continue Mm -hmm. with this continue so number four is we create our life by our choices our thoughts and our actions so if we create it and we want something different we must make different choices our personal power is our choice as to where we want to put our thoughts, what we choose to focus on and give energy to and how we choose to respond to it and how we choose to integrate it. It, 
we do have that choice. Yes, absolutely we do. And people don't realize that when they're choosing to focus on what's wrong with the world, they're choosing to focus on what's what's wrong with the world. (laughs) And then it's hard to break out of those emotions if, if we only look at the problems. It makes it harder to to find the hidden solutions that, that, that are there? Well, our mind is addicted to that. I've, I remember spending time, I was doing something and my mind, wanted to pull out a story and replay it over and over. I'm like, no, we're not going there. We're not going there. So I've learned to become the parent of that part of myself and just say, no, that's not serving us and that's not really loving and that doesn't make us, get us where we want to go. And you know, because the mind, we, they say death to the mind, but you can't, you have to take it with you. You just, it has to learn to trust that you have its back and that you have this by you reassuring it and parenting. It's like a child. Yes. So we, we create what's number five for universal truths. This, this is the planet of free choice. And that means how we choose to perceive our experiences is a choice. Okay. So again, it, it's just reiterating that we have a choice on how we choose to experience something. And, you know, you can have two children and they grow up in the same house and they, their takeaway is so different. They, you know, their choices and, you know, we, what we choose to believe is what influences our perception of reality. And we're free to release limiting beliefs and in turn expand our perception of reality by doing that. And I find that some people, it helps again, depending on their backgrounds, if they came from abuse and trauma there's not a lot of skill there or confidence to be able to choose and direct and let's be initiating and autonomous like that's that's damaged when there's trauma abuse and and other things so I think people often need to be supported to know that they have free choice that they can start exercising that muscle in in small ways so I think that's important to note also that people can learn they can learn you want to you want to reach out and you want to get assistance because this is this is not a journey that you that, I mean even though it's an internal journey and it's something you have to do on your own there are so many people out there that are walking the path next to you and maybe they're just one step in front of you and they can shine their light as to how to do that you it's really important to reach out and get assistance because it, it is very challenging now especially yes So number six, after free choice, universal truths. Number six is each of us is special and all of us come from the same place. All that is. This is so no matter what our race, religion, culture, sex, sexual orientation, or social status. No race, religion, culture, sex, sexual orientation, or social status is better than any other. Just different. So we're all comprised of the same light, you know. And what you're saying, Beth, reminds me of a documentary that you made through your Power of Love Productions about same-sex marriage. It's a documentary called Love for our listeners that you talk about civil rights and how at the base we just, we want to be, we want the experience of love, to love and be loved. And we wouldn't be here and be who we are if it wasn't supposed to be that. Mm. And what's number seven? Because we're all connected, everything we say and do impacts everyone. So there's, there's truly no separation. So what we put in the air, water, and land impacts everyone and everything. And what energies we choose to anchor into our daily lives by our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and our actions 
that also impacts not only ourselves, but everyone and everything on the planet. Because we, you know, we are anchoring light or we're anchoring shadow, depending on what we choose to focus on. I like that. Anchoring light or anchoring shadow. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. We are going to go to a quick commercial and I'll bring you back on in just a moment, Beth. Perfect. Wonderful. Indeed, listening is the new reading. With Audible, you can listen to an unlimited amount of books at home, in your car, at the gym, anywhere on the go. With over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from, for you, the listener of all things therapy, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download and a month-long subscription for you to try them out. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy now and enjoy do you want to help yourself and friends find a purpose in life then you are in the right place and be a part of the crowdfunding campaign of patreon.com forward slash all things therapy with lisa ty here as she initiates a one-on interaction with inspiring authors healing experts and spiritual directors join the league of heroes of this generation by contributing your quota between a dollar up to a hundred dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy let's make the world free of suicide poverty depression and in all make the world a better place for everyone hello there you are with me lisa ty here of all things therapy i have beth fortman brand with me today she's a spiritual life coach and transformational intuitive facilitator we're talking about her work and if the caller that called earlier wants to call back in, we will take your call or anyone else uh, there. And in the meantime, should we, in the last part of our show, Beth, talk about your other book that I just thought was fantastic, Navigating the Storm, Seven Truths to Mastering Our Lives with the sweet caterpillar named Spark as the main character. Can you talk to us about how you came up with this book? It was a really easy and delightful read, a really feel-good book that's wonderful because that's not how it started out okay um the book it started out as an inspiration from a meditation and um at that time in it was in 2010 or yeah it was about 2010 and then when i was able to start writing it i asked one of my dear friends who's a prosecuting attorney for the city of los angeles and a reiki practitioner matthew schoenbrun to join me on the project and so we decided to send out a questionnaire to our family and friends and my clients to see what their most provocative questions about life was. Okay. And then we proceeded to gather tons and tons of data and research to back up our answers. And it was going to, the book was going to probably be about a thousand pages. Whoa. <laughs> and we were going to, and we were going to call it a ridiculously ambitious attempt to answering life's most provocative questions, volume one. And, um, <laughs> and then we decided after we gathered everything and spent a few years doing that, um, I decided to ask a dear friend of mine who was a relationship coach to join us on the project, Agnes Deason. And what she said was that only, um, only 20% of a book is usually re- read and that if we really want people to read this, we got to keep it really simple. And that's how we proceeded to take all the information and then bring it down into a very simple, sweet fable. Yeah. I mean, this would be great for kids to read, to start learning about, 
how to have a conscious connection to their inner being and God, source energy, the universe, whatever one believes to just not feel alone and disconnected. Exactly. Exactly. And so we, that's how we felt too. And with the, with the illustrations and how the, the information is so simple, we just felt that it would be a um, love. It could turn into a little um, cartoon to be shown for yes. kids. Yeah. And, you know, a simple cartoon type of thing. Yeah. So, it but can... I have a lot of adults who've read it and said that it's changed their lives. So, what have people said? I- I'd love for you to share that with us. Well, I had a client say that she um, she couldn't stop crying because she couldn't believe because it covers, you know, from death and to all the way to to uh, birth and all that. It covers everything, and she just said that she couldn't believe how much it spoke to her. That in the time she was going through so many things, that it gave her tools and um, a perspective to be able to navigate her challenges. That's so awesome. It was. It was wonderful to hear her say that you know one of my favorite parts of the book are where you talk about energy is energy as motion emotion is energy in motion can you talk to us about that i thought that was pretty clever yeah i i think that people aren't aware of how powerful they are and that when they start to emote when they take a thought it's one thing to have a thought and let we have thousands that pass through our head you know it's like but to take a thought focus on it and then start to feel around it. It's so powerful. Our feelings are d- determine everything. And so when we start to feel and we have emotions, we're sending that energy out. It's energy in motion. And even with our bodies, you know, it's like when we have stuff going on in our body, if we were willing to look at what feelings that come up around that, it would give us some, some signs as to what's going on as opposed to trying to figure out what to take to physically change the circumstances. And to dovetail off that, Beth, I think that our our brains are really good at tricking us out of the knowledge our body has and is communicating with us that often we might walk into a room, go, go to an event, and we feel naturally drawn to some people and naturally just kind of like, ah, uh, like almost like a magnet repelling and and it's energy. It's our it's our bodies knowing who to approach yeah. and speak to versus who not to. And how many times have we violated that inner knowing to go speak to someone or try to date that person or befriend that person or go in business with that person because our brains say, "Well, look what they've done on paper. They're really amazing." But but yeah. intuitively and physically, your body might be pushing you away. So can you talk to us about how you've helped your clients just be aware? Okay, I'm having these thoughts, but my body's in opposition and and how you've helped them to come into more alignment with trusting that what they're feeling is right over what they're thinking. Well, it's really important first to understand that your thoughts are just that and to be be very careful as to which ones you choose to focus on. And so becoming the observer of that is the very first part of it, is noticing, okay, my thoughts tend to be very critical, so I'm going to, like, call my thoughts the critic. And and then who's calling your thoughts the critic? If you're not, if you're giving it a name, then you're not it. So understanding that you're not your mind, that you're not your thoughts, that you're so much bigger than that, is the first part. So 
So I would, I have my clients first pay attention to their thoughts and just start noticing the thoughts that just go on in the back of their head and how they show up in the world and start observing that because putting yourself and placing yourself in that situation where you become the observer is the first part of stepping back from those thoughts. So that, that's the first part that I would have my clients do. And then I would ask them to, because the, your intuition, we all have that. We all have, we have a brain in our gut. Mm-hmm. They're saying, you know, finally science is saying we have two brains, um, you know, the brain in our head and the brain in our gut. And 60% of the cells in our body are in our gut. So we give all this attention to our brain and, and we, in our head, but we don't pay attention to the brain in our gut. And the thing is, is that our brain and our gut is very subtle mm-hmm. and quiet, and it's a lighter voice. Like when someone asks me to, um, if something is, if they should do something, shouldn't or whatever, I don't even like to use the word should, right, but right. if they ask, is this best for me or is that best for me? And I get a yes or a no, or should I hire this person or not hire that person? I, it's a very subtle sound. I have to step back from any of my agenda and just allow that subtle voice to come up. And we do get feelings and sensations. Some of us get feeling in our gut. Some of us can feel it on our skin. Some of us can hear some sense stuff. It's just a matter of not letting your mind always run the show. That's why the two time rule is so effective too, because you could even do that without, with not food. You could say, you know, is this the most loving choice for me? Even though I might think that this is, follows and falls in line with all the things I, my mind had planned, is this really the most loving choice for me? And if you get quiet and allow the, that, that energy to surface, you will hear that. But most people just go for what the mind says and they live from that separate self and they feel that that separate self is so important. Even, my, even in my growing up process, my, I was raised to think that the mind was so important and to ed- get educated and get you know smarter and educated and all this information. And the truth is, in my spiritual work, the more that I can let go of all of that, the, the more that I'm able to expand myself and to step into my truth because all of that is a lot of dialogue I in love, the head. Yes, I love what you're saying because I think it really lays out how we can begin to make decisions slightly differently and then end up feeling better by discerning to go left, to go right, to say yes, no, or even maybe I need to think about it through our gut and just pausing to be with that because it's new at first to to start making decisions from that place of your body. It feels different. And I had a client say to me the other day, and he's a very successful um, sound technology engineer with movies and TV. And he said to me, he read my book and he said, I've just been asking all the time, what would love do? I just keep doing that. And I, I find myself feeling so much better about my choices and not having them be so complicated and not being so stressed out. So just that simple thing, you know, what would love do, you know, Love wouldn't have you go talk to somebody that it feels really yucky to be in their space. <laughs> right. Right. That wouldn't be loving for yourself. No, no. Even if the guys or the person is, has the, you know, five of the things of the 10 things that you're interested in. Yes, exactly. And I think it's also for listeners to find a statement to ask yourself that really resonates with you 
um, like I hear for you and for this gentleman, it's what would love do. And maybe for someone else, it could be, is this going to serve the future I want to create for myself to come up with a question that you can ask in all of these moments of decision-making to really bring you back yeah. to, to ha- finding the it, answer. The reason why I do what would love do because, because it's so simple. It's like um, you want to keep it simple because the more you complicate what you're saying and what you're asking, the more you involve the mind. Mm, right. So you're, so if you could just keep it simple, what what am I afraid of is what I would ask myself if I start getting freaked out, frustrated, angry, resentful, whatever. What am I afraid of? Oh, okay. And what would love do? I mean, it just keeps it so simple that the mind is not able to engage as much as if you start to figure out, like, what would be, serve me best. In the, I mean, everybody has their way of doing it, but because my mind is so intense, I have to keep it simple or it starts to engage it and it thinks it's large and in charge. I like that. Beth, you've been just a really wonderful guest today. What would you like to leave listeners with at the end? And then to give your websites, if people want to reach out to you, what is the best way? I just want people to understand that they are worthy and deserve to feel loved and be loved and that everything they've been told is not true about who they are and who they're not. And they need to be willing and that they'd be willing to just understand that they deserve love and to be loved. It would be our world would be such a better place. Yeah. And how can people and my web to you? Yes. Um, you can reach me at askdeathanything.com or at Power of Love Productions, and um, also at 805-577-8858 is Power of Love Productions' phone number. Beth, thank you for taking your time out today to come and speak with us. Thank you. I really appreciate what you do and that you gave me this opportunity. You're so welcome. And I look forward to seeing you in the future. Absolutely. Have a great day. Bless you. Thank you. You too, Lisa. I will. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. That concludes my show today with spiritual life coach, author, and transformational intuitive facilitator, Beth Fortman Brand. You can find her at askbethanything.com. People send in questions, and she answers them and has a video series. So y'all, thank you for listening. And I just want to remind you, if you didn't tune in from the very beginning, I'd love to have your email so I can give you updates on the book I'm releasing called The Chiron Effect, Healing Core Wounds Through Empathy and Self-Forgiveness in 2019. Just go to nolatherapy.com, the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy. There's a tab to click where you can enter your email and I want to collect your email so I can just send you this information so you can learn how to better help yourself and be happier. Thank you so much and I hope everyone has a fantastic week. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.